0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Leading your business through COVID-19 has created many challenges, and with every challenge comes opportunity. Today, we'll be discussing what we can do now and how we can successfully plan for the reopening of our practices. Our guest is Dr. Nada Albatish, who owns and operates a multidisciplinary practice, All Smiles Dental Center, just north of Toronto. She has co-authored a book and various journal articles and speaks at various dental events. Today, Dr. Nada Albatish will share her approach and thought process on the new patient experience. We will explore how she and her team plan to treat and communicate with patients moving forward. Our sponsor today is Ivoclar Vivident, one of the world's leading and most innovative dental companies. It provides dental professionals all over the world with products that empower them to provide faster and more effective dental care. Thank you, Ivoclar Vivident. Dr. Albatish, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure, and it's great to have someone who's, uh really has the expertise in this. So we have a lot of dentists and staff members out there that are just in the process of returning to their office so there's certainly a lot of uh, fear kind of fe- I hate to use the word fear but there is fear there's concern and there's you know there's stress it's a stressful time so What is going through your mind right now as, you know, you plan to go back to your practice and others plan to go back to their practices? What are some of the things that our listeners should really be aware of?
1: So when I when I think about a time like this, what we're in, this is something we haven't seen in our lifetimes and we're really in um, a time of crisis. We've never had to shut down like this before. And when we think about crisis, the way that we can come out of this positively, the first thing that we have to do is focus on creating confidence. That's a big statement. Those are big words with heavy meaning. How do we create confidence? So what I'd like to talk to you about is, number one, in order to create confidence in anybody, the first person that you have to lead is yourself. So if you read anything about in leadership books, um, a John Maxwell book about being a, an excellent leader, the first thing it says is lead yourself first. And so how do we do that? That really comes from working on our own mindset rather than looking at the problems and really just getting sucked into what all the problems we're dealing with are it really is an approach of looking for solutions leading ourself is about finding a positive energy because that's what's going to attract the right kind of energy to you that's going to help you get through this it's about making a commitment to yourself to your team, to your practice, and to your patients, that you're going to get really familiar with all the new guidelines that are coming out, that you're going to do everything that needs to be done to pull through this in the best way possible for everybody. And the last piece of leading yourself, to me, what I find actually helps me the most in success it's really taking the time to reflect. It's taking the time to think, okay, so right now we're going, where, where I'm practicing, this is our seventh week of closures. Wow, look, I haven't had seven weeks off ever, outside of when I had a baby, you know what I mean? So this time, what can I do with seven weeks of schedules? I have, I have 800 appointments that are gone. So now, if I take the time and I start thinking and I start brainstorming with myself first and eventually with my team, how are we gonna tackle this? So my thought process in reflection starts to become more process-based, like what are we? What are step-by-step the things we're gonna do? That was the first thing about creating confidence is leading yourself first. The second piece is really knowing your stuff. So that comes with the commitment To Like we are in a, what everybody is now calling a new normal. You hear it on the news every day. We're in a new normal. So what does that look like for us going into practice? What are the protocols that we need to put into place so that um, everything flows smoothly? And I'm going to tell you, people are going into their offices. I've been talking to a lot of dentists and they're getting surprised with their team's reactions. um, They're getting surprised with even how long it's taking to put on PPE. So one of the pieces about knowing your stuff is like practice. Take the time to put your stuff together. Do an online meeting with your team So that, I mean, I did a Zoom call with my team and I showed them a donning and doffing video for PPE. There's no surprises. Then when we get together, the first thing we're gonna do is practice together before we have patients in the office. So when we're seeing our patients, we're going through this like butter. Everybody knows what's going on. That leads me right into the third piece, which is educating and training your team. And it's amazing. I know a lot of people are dealing with tons of team challenges at a time like this. And the reality is there's a lot of Depending on what state you're in, there's a lot of offices that are having to go back slower because of scheduling restrictions. And that might mean that you can't have your whole team back with you at that time. So, what's important is how do we create confidence in our team? It really is that we're connecting with them during this time. So, the advice that I give is I mean, I practice what I preach, I have weekly zoom calls with my team and we do like exercises on our zoom calls so this week what i did with my team which i'll be sharing at the um ivaclar webinar that i'm giving on friday about strategies for success we did a swot analysis and i did it with my my entire core team all my full-timers and it was incredible so what a swot analysis is um for those for those who are um new to the term it's where you go over your strengths um, your and your weaknesses that are internal to your business, and then you look at your opportunities and threats that come from outside. They're the external factors that affect your business. And it was so interesting. Like, I do this on a quarterly basis for my business um, so that I can come up with a business plan and, and know where I am in the timeline of things towards our goals and have things to work towards. But this time when we did it, it was different. The team was so highly engaged all of them were contributing and we had so many ideas all over our screen first of all we always start with the positive what are we good at because that makes everybody feel good as a starting point that's how you create confidence with an exercise like that and then moving on to our weaknesses our opportunities and our threats and some of them are out of our control there are things that are out of our control and that's okay but your team going through that process with you their response is what really surprised me. I was getting messages from my team afterwards how grateful they were that we went through this process together, how they feel I really understand them and that I really care. And you know what, I have to tell you, I do care, and I want to understand them, I wanna understand what they're going through, but also um, this was great for me because it helps me strategize step-by-step what we're gonna do for the business And we do it as a team.
0: Yeah, no, that was very well said. So the communication part with your team members is really critical. And unfortunately, there are some dentists that have been sitting this out without hardly communicating at all with their team members. So the dental team, the dental office personnel are kind of sitting and watching the news. They're reading stuff on CDC and they're wondering, you know, does our practice even have the PPE we need? Do we have protocol in place? Do we have a system that we're going to implement together. What do I do? What does Sarah do? What does John do? Yeah. So this constant communication that you're having with your team is a brilliant way to move forward. And that's, you know, obviously defining you as an excellent leader and able to instill confidence in your staff. What are some of the key concerns? Now, I know it was uplifting. You started off the meeting with a positive note, but then of course, Getting into it, there's going to be some team members that are going to say, "You know, I'm really scared. I, I'm going to be six inches away from someone's mouth with aerosolized particles floating everywhere. How safe am I? What do we do?"
1: Okay, that's that's an awesome question, and I love that you brought that up. So, um, I did before we did this analysis, I asked them what their concerns were, and they had two main concerns. Concern number one was um, safety. It it was really a fear of the coronavirus. Like, that's how they worded it. Like, I am fearful of this thing. And concern number two, and it's funny because I have kids and I didn't think of it, but concern number two was childcare. What happens if we have to go back to work? Who's going to look after our kids? And um, as I was focused on my practice. I mean, it didn't cross my mind early enough, I think. So that's the importance of staying in that constant communication. When we did this analysis beyond me just saying, hey, what's worrying you guys? It was amazing. I mean, they were like, PPE is going to be so expensive. We're not making any money. I love that these are their concerns because that to me is a sense of ownership of every team member. So
0: what's your answer to that? Well, that is a good concern. I mean, that's an important concern. Of course, you know, there's no price to pay, quote unquote, for the safety of our patients and our staff, but we are running a business. So what, just curiosity, what was your answer?
1: My answer was what I've done until now, which is there is no question in my mind that we're going to invest in PPE. I understand that it costs more now. And actually we're at less than 1% revenue right now with all the restrictions and closures. And we were a very busy practice. I didn't know that this was gonna happen because nobody did, but um, I always plan for contingencies. So this is a contingency. And so I'm investing in PPE and we have been ordering slowly and we have been on back order lists and things are starting to come in. And the thing I've been doing when I've been having these weekly team meetings is I've been telling my team as we are able to get orders, as masks are coming in, as gowns are coming in, I'm letting them know okay, we've got this much stock now, you guys. And they're like, you know, cheering cheering on with all this. Um, And then I I installed like a physical barrier at the front desk. We put that up even on our social media. But my team was so excited by that. Like, it's like, I don't have to worry so much um, because my communication with them is such that I'm taking care of them. They have confidence in that.
0: They want to know what you're thinking and what you're doing. And you need to know, what's going through their mind or else there's just no, there's no team synergy. So you're doing these things in the office, you're, you're ordering PPE, you're communicating with your staff to build confidence. um, And this will all come across to the patients, obviously, when they start coming in, what are you planning to do to separate the patients as long as you can to keep that social distancing going on in your practice?
1: That's a great question. Um, And just to comment on that, that I I love that you said this, creating confidence in your team is going to create confidence in your patients. So um, a lot of people are super concerned about the patients and not really so focused on the team. But the team is where we have to start. What we're doing to maintain physical distancing with patients to to address your question. The first thing I did, which is not required, um, I took the chairs out of the waiting room. No point, really. It's just another high contact surface that we're going to have to wipe down. Um, We're having, we are seeing emergency patients right now. We have not reopened. Um, A lot of places that have reopened have some regulations that mean that they can't have the waiting room the way it used to be. So things will be similar to this. We're having patients wait in the car. Um, They let us know when they arrive. We let them know when they can come in. Um, We're doing, uh, we're checking fever for fever and we're doing our COVID screenings. Um, before they come into the office. We're also doing our screenings at the time of scheduling. Um, and then I'm scheduling less patients. I mean, I'm just not running the schedule that I used to run. And currently, of course, we're only seeing emergencies and urgent care, but we're doing one patient at a time. Like I'm not scheduling all the, oper- all the operatories. And I think initially when we come back, we won't. Not until we're used to what the flow is going to be like. We need to be comfortable and confident with our workflow our workflow now involves a little bit more of a time investment with the PPE that we have to put on and take off, right? And our disinfection protocol, although, I mean, I'm we were always on top of our, um, I did annual OSHA trainings and we felt that we were always on top of it. Now it's different and we have to be even more thorough in terms of like wiping down door handles is not something we've ever had to do. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so. for sure. Now, as far as your work that you're going to do as a dentist um, and also the hygienist, as far as ultrasonics, you're going to be using a high speed handpiece. I assume you're going to be wearing a level three or level two or an N95 plus a face shield.
1: My feelings about these kind of things, I try to make them evidence based. So um, I've been doing research. So that's what I do. I'm a fact finder by nature. Um, so one of the, the things that I have found is that when medical professionals are properly donned and off. So when their PPE is like really good and their protocols are solid, even in hospital environments where they're treating coronavirus patients, they're not contracting it. So for us, we're screening with the goal of only treating people who do not have active disease. So our category of risk is lower plus with the regulations where I am, we actually, if we're doing an aerosolizing procedure, we have to have an N95 mask, um, goggles, face shield, hairnet. I mean, it's like it's like everything you, you kind of feel like you just put on your space suit mm-hmm. and you hear your echo inside <laughs> inside your face shield. I mean, that's literally what it feels like.
0: Yeah, no, it's so. it's uh, a remarkable change in uh, treating patients. We have no choice. We need to go back to work. And your attitude is amazing, what you're doing with your team. And we all have to face the facts that, like you said earlier in the show, it's the new norm. And we have to wait and see how are we going to be moving forward with the number of cases that are going to be spreading. Is it going to get much worse? Now, today, what I read was that healthdata.org is now projecting more cases in the United States, something like 200,000 new cases a day. And then, of course, the projected number of deaths has gone up dramatically, and that's based on low or no mitigation. That's that's what mm-hmm. they're saying. So, you know, again, we, we have no choice. We, we've got to go back to work, and we've got to face what we're facing. But I think what you're talking about now is to have this plan and instill confidence and make sure your team knows that you have the right PPE. I mean, there are some assistants that have been working and staff members that have been working in dental offices where the doctor who runs the practice doesn't even know what level mask they're using prior to COVID. They just had a mask there, a box of masks, and they put them on. And to him, it didn't matter if it was a one, two, three or whatever. It was a mask or she. So those days are over now. So we're we're in a new time. And um, let me ask you this. Do you uh, recommend the, the dental office to document their strategy and their protocol going forward?
1: I do. I, I do. I strongly do. Um, and the reason for that is if you're just going to have a protocol that somebody just made up and nobody's really following and it's morphing every day, that's not really a protocol. That's just like we're flying by the seat of our pants. Um, and that's not the best way to, to do things. That's the way for if you're successful, it's an accident. You know what I mean, so let 's intentionally plan our success, and the way to do that is to systemize this the same way you systemize your clinical workflow, the same way you systemize your administrative workflow, you can systemize your PPE workflow. you can systemize and I have i mean i 've created a protocol which i 'll share in the webinar that I give. This is um, a part of laying out a strategy for success and to to something that you mentioned earlier, I think it 's really important for all the listeners to really remember, always remember why we're closed, why we did this, why we did this as a country, why, why we did this as a world. The reason this was done is to slow down the number of cases, flatten the curve as they say, so that the healthcare system could handle it. It was not so everybody wouldn't get it right? I mean, what we've been told, and when we look at the research, there's a a great study out of the University of Washington, actually, and they're expecting 80% of everybody to get it. It doesn't mean that every 80% of the humanity is going to die. It just means that 80% of people are going to get it. Some people are going to be asymptomatic. Some people are going to get a mild cold. You know, there's going to be a range um, of how, how people handle it. But everybody's going to get it at some point. It's just going to take longer to get through. And that is beneficial for our healthcare systems as they're figuring out.
0: Right. And and they are making progress. There's been progress today mentioned about monoclonal antibodies that have exhibited some very promising results where it inhibits the activity of the coronavirus. So when you mentioned the um, practice drill, like kind of like a fire drill that you were doing or planning to do in your office before you open. Are you going to go through the process of like simulating a patient coming in and then getting all your PPE on and then getting your PPE changed? Um, Mm -hmm. Are you gonna dispose of everything? Maybe not the N95 masks, but the gowns? Are you gonna have inner wear, outer wear, covering all your arms? All that stuff takes time to figure out how the flow is gonna go. So are you doing kind of a fire drill with that and then you'll ascertain what your patient flow should be once that's done?
1: Yes. And on on the subject of patient flow, I'm also waiting for regulations on that. We haven't opened yet, so I'm not going to get ahead of myself on making any decisions until I know what's allowed. Um, some of you guys already know what's allowed, so you can go ahead with that, obviously. Um, as far as our process, because we're seeing emergencies, we've already started to um, we've already got some practice. I'll put it that way. So we are doing outside clothes and office clothes. We are, we've always done, you know what, in Canada it's cool because it's so cold in the winters that we always have had outdoor shoes and indoor shoes because of snow. So that's not a huge, a huge change for us. Um, And we make little jokes out of things like that when we have our team Zoom meetings. Um, uh, We are covering everything. So our shields literally go down to our chest, like our necks are not even exposed. Um, And we are wearing gowns which are disposable. We are using I actually purchased, um, these half mask respirators that are not disposable. Um, the filters on them are disposable. And we also have N95 masks. We're going through the whole thing where we're donning outside of the operatory. We're putting everything on outside of the operatory in a particular order with hand washing in between. There's, there's really great, um, steps on how to do it from CDC and ADA. Um, To protect yourself and to protect the patient. And then when we're done and we leave the room, it's the same process. Um, We dispose of our gloves and gowns in the operatory, then we leave and we take off everything else. Mm -hmm. So there is a protocol um, in place for all of that.
0: Anything with negative airflow in your office?
1: No, no. And I I actually, it's, I love that you asked because I was looking into it because I was thinking, okay, here I am, I'm a problem solver. So let me just if, if negative pressure rooms are the solution in hospitals, um, and not, even not all hospitals have them, maybe I should just negative pressure my entire office. So I started doing some homework. <laughs> so for negative pressure rooms, um, if you're going to do a new renovation, you actually have to have the air leave the room, all the air in the room, leave the room and go to the exterior 12 times an hour, which means every five minutes and then be replaced by air from, from indoors or from outdoors that is um, a huge undertaking it's like there would be a draft in the clinic so i don't think that's realistic for us at this point so yeah. our goal is to screen patients and try to treat people that don't have it
0: yeah you know, some doctors that have windows that open actually just put three fans in the window window fans they come in a unit and he close the window and this guy's a top doctor i'm not going to mention his name but he's a researcher he's an md he's a pediatric dentist as well and he Started a residency program, and he put three window fans in all his windows in his operatories. So the fans just suck the air right out. Which you know, what I don't know how much it does. It sure, certainly can't hurt. Uh, it just goes okay. outside. But his windows open, so I don't know. You know, not every dentist has windows that open. But anyway, I thought yeah. I would ask. I've got the expert on the, on this podcast, so I thought <laughs> I would ask. Um, well, I think you've covered a tremendous amount of stuff. It's just really enlightening to hear someone who's so focused on getting the facts. It's a big challenge. It's certainly something that is not taught in dental school. It's just something that you are doing yourself for your practice. How many employees do you have in your office?
1: I have a total of twenty-two employees, with full timers and part timers, and I have um,
0: we're eight doctors in the clinic. Wow! So that's a bit, and that's All Smiles Dental Center. That's All Smiles Dental. Wow. Yeah. So that's a very large practice north of Toronto. How many patients did you have that were scheduled during this six-week period or seven-week period? Um, we, we're,
1: yeah, we're reaching 800 appointments that are gone.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know it's a big investment. I know it's, it's kind of terrifying, but you, you are handling it in a very positive way. And listen, we, we have to get through it and thank goodness for the leadership that you exhibit and, and you're demonstrating for your employees because they, they're counting on you and you're coming through and you're going to come out shining. I'm, I'm very confident. I'm sure it's. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's going to go very well once the scientific world, medical world, collaborates to get something therapeutic and eventually a vaccine. We're going to look back at this and say, "Hey, you know, we're really proud of ourselves the way we handled this crisis." So, congratulations to you and thank you so much. We look forward to having you on the webinar coming up. We're excited about that.
1: Thank you so much, Phil. It was such a pleasure to be on. We'll talk to you soon.